you free. Check it out or be a sucker. Mommy didn't raise no fool. Told me choose friends carefully. Don't let me hear from school. And have to come down your school today. Home by a certain time. No long ting streets weren't for we. Don't go following crowd. Think for yourself, my child. You ain't gotta worry about me. You ain't gotta worry about me. Look, mommy, I'll be okay. What's not to like about me? My mom, my mom's a big influence, so a lot of things I say is gonna start with. My mom told me, but my mom always That's told me that thing, <laughs> I'm obsessed with my mom, and as I've grown older, I've just fallen more in love with her, because I've just realized how hard it is to be a mother, and how great of a job she did, and how much she tried, because a lot of people that I'm around don't have that relationship with their family, or with their mom, so definitely feel honored, but she she's always told me that um, my brain will fully develop between 25 and 27. And I don't know if there's any science behind that, but I can say that from 25 to 27 and me being at 27 now, I think there's some credibility to it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just maturity. You just call it that. No, I completely agree. I really did have a turning point after 25. I'm a completely different person right now than I was three years ago, than I was two years ago, than even what I was one year ago. And a lot of that does have to do, like you mentioned, what our relationship with Tom but then also realizing, too, as we're growing older, it's like a few different realizations. First of all, it's like, all right, well, my parents are also this age at this point, too. So I got to give them some slack as well as I was growing up because I'm realizing how hard it is to actually not only realize who you are as a person, but also navigate in a realm where you're taking care of others around you. But then more importantly, too, it's like we can give ourselves second chances, third chances, so on and so forth. But from society's point of view we low-key can't miss. You feel me? It's like mm-hmm. the older we're getting, we have less opportunity or, or chances to make a lot of those outward mistakes. Like, of course, we can still experiment. Of course, we can still, like, decide to wake up and quit a job one day. But those consequences that we have, we had to start dealing and living with it compared to when we were, like, 22, 23 years old. Yeah, the rippling effect is way more severe. And actually, when I was in New York this past weekend, walking around by myself, I felt a level of... I don't want to say disappointment because I'm trying to not uh, kick myself in the ass for the things that I didn't do. But I was staying at my friend's cousin's house, who's 23 years old, mm-hmm. who lives in East Village and is like making a lot of money and just has and just had the life that I've always wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. And just being in his house just made me like look at him and be like, wow, this guy is 23 years old. And he just made a leap of faith and just did it and got a job out here and just did it. And I was just like. I wish that I had that courage when I was 23 to do that. But I was like, I'm not old and I need to stop tricking myself because I can still do that now, even though I, I, I am 27. Like, it's, I'm not, you know, I haven't timed out, but, you know, I do have to realize. And what makes me a little bit <laughs> disappointed, going back to disappointed, is that, you know, if I do go out there and things fail, like the rippling consequences of that is going to be way more severe. And 
I I'm frustrated that I waited this long to now have to be considering those types of consequences because having those consequences weren't there when I was 23. True. But even if the consequences are a lot more severe, the approach is going to be different too, though. You know what I mean? By going through life and already understanding, all right, I'm a different person than I was at 22 or 23, you also know a lot more about yourself and the things that are going to trigger you and actually what you truly do like. Because I remember back when I was early 20s, a lot of things that I was doing, a lot of things I liked was also because I thought I was supposed to like them. You feel me? Mm, true. Or those are the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing at that time of my life. But absolutely. now it's like I'm just doubling down on more so and realizing like, no, this is me. No, this is my path. No, this is what I think or know I'm supposed to be doing and just um, going with the flow from there. Absolutely. One other thing that I've embraced this past year is letting go or at least trying to like actively let go of the anxiety of feeling like I have to follow a timeline. Like I've always thought that some, I would have made it at 26. I don't know why I thought that. Because they sell us what, that. Did they sell us that? A, it's that. And then B, it's also like you just don't understand time in the same way. So mm-hmm. like some of these ages, you're like, oh, that's an old age. But like in reality, you know, there's plenty of people who are, you know, like once you actually reach that age, you're like, oh, no, I, I still feel young compared to other people, you know. Um, but I feel like it's it's totally understandable. Not to cut your point off, no. but just like as far as that that piece of it, like I felt the same way. It's like there's this idea that oh, you know, this this person is 21 and they're like already done this, and I see them all over TV every time I turn on my TV or whatever. It's like oh, I need to have been X Y Z at that age, you know. Mm. No, I feel you. And you know what? I honestly lost what I was going to say. So it's all good. <laughs> I completely lost my chain of thought, but I thought of something else that popped in my head about going along with maturity. Um, I've been doing this experiment where I really listen to my inner voice and I do exactly what my inner voice tells me to do. If it says, don't go there, I won't go. If it says, oh, you shouldn't eat that, don't eat it. And I really, really try to listen to it. And every time I do listen to it, it always gives me the results I need. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do you guys believe in, I would say, spiritual guides? Because what is that? What accounts for that? Is it is it myself from the future looking out for me? Is it someone following me? What is accounting for these feelings that I'm having when I'm about to make an action for something? Because most of the times I don't listen to it. A lot, of, a lot of us don't listen to that. But when I consciously sit and try to listen to it, something always great happens. It's the higher self or what some people may call the absolute. Or you can look at it as your future self, too. But then there's this whole theory, like, the only thing that truly honestly exists is the present moment. You know what I mean? So, like, is there actually a future self or is it really just that inner voice being your higher self or who you truly are? You know what I mean? Like, really tapping back into remembering that. Mm. Listening to that inner voice, it's so important. I've been doing the same thing even when I'm, like, bike riding. I know that this may seem, like, very, like, minimal, but, like... If I get this inner feeling, like, don't make that left, go down one more block and then make that right, that's exactly what I do. And then it's like I get this weird feeling in my mind where I'm just like, whoa, like, what's pushing me away from going down this block? But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? If I have this feeling, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but let me just let me just follow suit, whether it's ancestors, whether it's my higher self. Let me mm-hmm. just just go with the flow and walk down. I mean, not to sound cheesy, but like go down that path. You feel me? I feel you. And actually, I think I may have said the experiment wrong. What I have been doing along with that is I will actively go against my inner voice just to see if things are going, if things are fucked up. 
That's an and interesting it's always, game. <laughs> it's always something bad always happens. I swear, this was like you're I, I, I do it because I'm like I just you know I want to prove it out. And each time something bad happens, the event's not fun. Something's late. It's just a bad time. And I go back home like I knew it. And I'm like, well, good because the next time I feel that way, I'll just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what it sounds like to me is it's like you're strengthening your discernment. And I mean, that's, that's been a theme. That's yeah, been a like theme that. in so many of my conversations over the past few months is discernment. Because like, I mean, first off, I completely agree about that inner voice. But I also think that, you know, especially like there's the moments when you're by yourself, but especially when I'm interacting with other people, it's like sometimes your inner voice speaks in the same way that your ego does. You know what I'm saying? Or like with the same intensity or urgency. And in the moment, I'm like, oh, I should do this. And I have to catch myself. I'm like, is that really my inner voice or my higher self that's telling me to do that? Or is it my ego? Or is it like, you know, Mm -hmm. something else that I'm just, you know, that I've just been so deeply conditioned to think a certain way or, or, you know, or is it like an animalistic thing where I'm moving out of fear? And so I'm, you know, on high alert. Like there's a lot of different ways. And ultimately, like they all emerge in the same thing they emerge as feelings and they emerge as thoughts right and so it's about the discernment of being like oh no but like this particular thought or this particular feeling there's a reason for this one this is beyond just that you know so to me it's like i mean like eric said you're definitely brave for doing an experiment like that but like on top of that it's like you're strengthening your discernment right it's like now you're able to tell you know like oh okay I need to listen to that voice, but I don't need to listen to these other voices because, you know, mm-hmm. the voices are always, I mean, not to sound like someone who's like hearing voices, <laughs> but, you know, like the, there's so many different, like our thoughts and our feelings are just consistently popping up. And so it's about being able to tell which of those are actually in alignment with who we are and who we want to be. I feel that. Actually, you all, can I bring this to the left field? Like this is, I, have, I want to bring something else up that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. You mm-hmm. can, but before you do that, then let's pause and do some introductions real quick for the listeners. <laughs> so what's up, y'all? Welcome back to You Free, a communal podcast. You got me on the line, Azim. You've already heard Eric. And who are we welcoming back? Drumroll. Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is India. And first off, I want to say thank you to the both of you for remembering me and reaching back out to me to partake in this conversation with you all. You know, I love talking about life and time and what it means to be a human. So I'm really happy to be here. Of Bless course, up. we appreciate you here always. It's all communal. You know, that's the vibe. But what's the left field thought that you were? Where are we going? <laughs> the left field thought is this, the N word. I recently got a second job in a space that is Black-owned, woman-owned, and I love it. We are setting the new standards of what it means to be a professional and professionalism in our comfort zones and for our community. And it's just been really fun to be a part of. But there was an instance when we were, I was in the room and uh, we were playing some music and they were saying the N-word and it was really loud. And it was just really prominent. And I had a white customer in front of me and I was dealing with them and I felt uncomfortable. And I remember bringing it up to everyone afterwards. And I was just like, you know, I wonder why is it that black people and for y'all who don't know, I am black. Like, why did black people choose to reclaim the N word? Like, why did we choose to make like to be empowered by it almost? Like, why do we choose to make it our own? And I was thinking and I was like, no other groups of people took a word and reclaimed it. Now, mind you, they probably, they didn't have the need to, but they all let it die down. And I wonder why we as a group decided to keep it alive. And also I question why the government and why society has let it play. 
because I was in the car the other day and the N word was said, but then they beeped out the B word. It's like the government is okay with us and us black folk and everyone else being so desensitized to what that word meant that they're just letting it play on the air. And I feel like that's another example of how they hate us. I just don't see them doing that for any group of any other group of people who was like, nah, I'm trying to reclaim this word, like, and I want to use it in songs and play on the radio. No, I completely get where you're coming from with that. And when I think about it in that sense too, it's like when the whole reclaiming a word, I wasn't around whenever there was that meeting with all the black people where it was like, no, nah, we're going to reclaim this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> it really does. I mean, I didn't think about it from that perspective in that way, but it, I think that a lot of it comes down to, it's just another form of control, to be honest, because if we, if we are thinking about it in a sense where like no other people have a word like that, that they reclaim, so on and so forth, no other people have also had a similar experience to us and that are continuously having a similar experience to us here in America. You know what I mean? And that word is uh-huh. unique to America. Granted, like a lot of people are using it all across the world, but I don't know. It's like I, I hear the music, you know, I'm saying it sometimes with my friends and stuff, but it's not, I guess I don't use it as much as I used to. I don't know. I, I do just, use the word. I do. And I'll be honest, I use it, but I'm always, it never flies out my mouth and I don't notice I'm using it. I've never had an experience with the word ever in my life where mm-hmm. I've just been like, bang, please, whatever, like, boy, bye. And I just rolled out off my tongue like water. And so mm-hmm. at least when I use it, I'm just conscious of it. And I just wonder why am I conscious of it? I'm probably conscious of it because I may feel like there's something around that that I want to figure out why it is that I'm noticing that I'm saying it. Why do I don't feel comfortable with it? Yeah, and there's a lot and there's a lot that people say about like the power of the word or whatever you say out loud, like you have to be careful about what you say because words are, are powerful. That's why they call it spelling. You I know you guys have seen and heard things like that. So it's like that's probably one element of why you feel uncomfortable because it's no longer aligning with with your vibrations. Mm, I like that. To me the two things that come to mind is like, you know, we talk about this topic, it's like America is just the land of like the ultimate absurdity and like the Mm -hmm. ultimate conditioning so it's Mm -hmm. like the absurdity Mm -hmm. of just the fact that you know so many like huge superstars are saying that word considering the context of the word and and considering like i don't know like there's just like there's just so many contradictions and paradoxes within america which is you know what happens when you are a country like america founded on the principles of freedom and you build your entire economy on <laughs> enslaving other people like that's mm-hmm. a fucking paradox you know like there's yeah. just so there's uh-huh. just so you know like the, the entire thing here is paradoxical and then the other thing is conditioning in terms of like the words that we speak and things like that like the other day you know to take it to a different word which is obviously a less um controversial or like less impactful word but like the other day i was uh talking to someone at work and the phrase uh, i'm gonna pull the trigger on that and i'm like yo we just be saying the most violent things. Like I'm, you know, oh, I got a, I got an assignment to do. Okay, well, make sure you pull the trigger on that. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, there's just so many things in our language that oh, we just say theater. because they're just saying, yeah, just so many things where it's just like we're deeply conditioned. Where it's like sometimes the words that come out of our mouth, or even like the first thought that comes into our head to go back to discernment it's like we're only thinking that because of the absurdity of the world that we live in Mm -hmm. and like the things that are just considered commonplace that we're told are commonplace and you grow up in a commonplace and you have to be like hold up this isn't right yeah it's kind of bugged out right it's like even that term when something is really really funny so people say oh i am blank i never say that because i i really do believe in the power of the words but it's like yo that's how y'all fit like if something is that funny you really (laughs) <laughs> move as if you don't exist you feel me like that, that's great um, i can I mean, that's take if, 
if we were in left field, I can take us to right field. <laughs> it's funny because that particular phrase, sometimes I'll be thinking that we were, I forget if we talked about, but in the past I've had conversations about like multiverses and like different oh, parallel yeah, yeah, yeah. universes we and definitely stuff like talked that. about that at one point yeah so sometimes <laughs> so sometimes i think that like things like that that emerge into pop culture are like the ripple effects of that so it's like what if in a parallel universe like we all just like are dead and that's why now we're like i'm blank <laughs> you know like or, or i remember when the mannequin challenge happened i was like oh okay so everything's like standing still right now like there's just interesting ways where i think about certain phenomenon that just emerges and i'm like what does this reflect not only about like what the world is but also like what it could be in another parallel universe or whatever <laughs> wow i have some thoughts on the multiverse theory just because i feel like i can pinpoint a couple examples in my life where i have i don't know i've been in two planes at once mm-hmm. and i've noticed it and i'm just experiencing it and feeling so honored that i can that i'm experiencing it and just hoping that i can find someone soon to talk about it with and believes me do I have time to tell you guys about one of them? Of course. What? Yes, okay. Buddy. Okay. Yeah, I, um, lo- I love what? If y'all see my YouTube algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, okay. This is so cheesy and I don't know what it means, but there was a time recently, this is back in December, uh, when my sister and I were sitting on the couch and we were talking and there was just like this weird, it felt like a glitch in the system, you all. Like it generally felt like a glitch in the system where she looked different for a second. Everything in my house looked different for a second. And we looked back at each other and the TV was on and the remote was nowhere near us. And I was like, wait, did I was like, was the TV always on? And she was like, I was just about to ask you that same question. And we both just sat there because we both just were feeling really weird because we had just been talking and it just felt like everything in the room just changed for a minute. And then we both realized that we both got out of this moment and the TV was on and we just felt like we were being watched. And, and I was like, do you, do you feel that? And she was like, yeah. Like I was like, I, I was like, I feel like there's a spirit in the room. And a few minutes later, like we, um, we look on our Instagram and we see that Chadwick Bosman had passed. And I'm not saying that he visited at all, but I was really, I really revered him. And I thought that it was, it was interesting that we felt like this shift and then we saw that. And of course, my ass, who always try to connect the dots with stuff, was like, maybe we felt his energy leave our plane. Mm-hmm. And I have this thing that whenever celebrities die, I'm like, yeah, I get to talk to them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, and I, because they're there for everyone to speak to. And I like spoke to him and I was just like, you know, was that you? And I didn't get an answer back. And I don't even know if that means anything to you guys, but it was really weird. And I can't explain it. And the TV was just on. And when neither one of us turned it on, we just felt like we had slid through something. And my sister, who has been in my house previously, has told me that she's seen spirits in my apartment. My sister and I have seen things before. So we both are, when we're together, it feels like things are heightened. Oh, so you're, ta- you're tapped in. I'm tapped that's, in. That's what it comes down to. You're tapped in. There's plenty of times which I get like premonitions where I'm just like, oh, I know this is about to happen. And it actually does happen. Or I'll see something or read something six months beforehand it'll end up happening or, or I'll end up experiencing it. And it's like, I always could remember that article or that picture or whatever it was for me to be like, Oh wow. I already knew I was already telling myself I already recognized what was going on. And now it's actually coming to fruition. Wow. Well, I, what I mean by we're touched, like we're literally touched so much that when I was 13, I had to go to a priest because that's the time I was raised Catholic to ask the universe to make it stop because I thought that I was going to be possessed. 
And when I moved out, when I moved on my own, I realized that I was always having people over my house because I literally could not be at my, in my space by night because I was, I'm not afraid of anything else but spirits. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, I felt like they were becoming more apparent again. And when I was younger, actually, when I was with my sister, and I don't know if I said this in the past, but um, I saw my cousin who, who had passed away before anyone told me. And because um, he was six and I was seven or eight and he came to visit me the day that he died and, and in the form of an Amish person or two Amish people. And I'm, I still don't know if it was him because he ended up choking me. And that's what caused me to like scream for my mom. And she came in and I was like, there's this Amish boy and girl. They're telling me that they need to tell me something like what 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 do you need to tell me? Like, what's going on? My mom was like, oh, we'll get somebody to talk to you about it in the morning, which I thought was fishy that she went along with what I said. But not really, Mm -hmm. because my mom and I have also seen things together. So Mm -hmm. I don't I just I thought it was weird that she like I was like, wait, something's up because she's like, all right, I'll get somebody to come in here to talk to you about it tomorrow. And when my mom left and we left the door ajar, the Amish boy like appeared again in my hallway and just like looked at me and started crying and like went down the steps, like just kind of went down the steps. And I'm, I didn't tell the story straight um, fully, but it was a lot. And the next day, my uncle came over uh, with pictures of my cousin before and after he was cremated that same day. And I was like, you know, and yeah, we were trying to figure out how to tell the kids. But what happened to you last night has forced us to tell you all now. And I was just like, wow, like, this is crazy. And while my uncle was telling me, I swear, a belt that was on our like on a dresser like in the middle of the dresser, like move and fell off of the dresser as if it's, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. And everyone in my room was like, and my, and my stepdad was like, I mean, my uncle was like, okay, like that must, that's little Tim. Like everyone in the house, including my stepdad for like two months slept with the lights on because we kept hearing things walking up and down the steps and we thought it was little Tim. And I literally just couldn't handle it. And I was just, and I was like asking the universe to just take this away. Like, I don't want this anymore. Just take it away. And it stopped until recently where I feel like now part of me wants to meditate and almost embrace it again. I don't think I'm ready. I haven't made that call yet, but I do feel like I may try to do it again soon. And yeah, don't think I'm crazy, but it's (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like neither Eric or I, or I'm sure a ton of people who would listen to this later, are like, I don't think anybody thinks you're crazy, or at least for me, it's like, I mean, you mentioned the glitch in the system. And like, there's actually uh, what I thought of is there's a subreddit that's literally called glitch in the matrix, where like, all sorts of people are talking about all sorts of moments. And obviously, you know, it sounds like the experiences that you've had have been, you know, more somber and more uh, unsettling in certain ways. But, you know, whatever kinds of ways there are glitches in the matrix or moments that feel that it's just like oh it's bigger than this or like there's something else in the room that I can't see or like you know this other plane or or, you know higher existence is around me um both good and bad or you know whatever feeling that that ends up coming out in it's like I feel like a lot of people have those moments some people are more prone to them but then it's also about like a lot of people where they'll have a, a glitch in the matrix moment they'll just sort of dismiss it or be like now nah, that means nothing kind of keep it moving. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of power in embracing that. And certainly, you know, in, in your case, like hearing about your consideration of like tapping back into it with more intention. It's like, I also think there's, that reminds me or just makes me think about the ways that like a lot of times the things where we feel where that feel like 
I don't know, just like not normal or different or scary. Like a lot of times that ends up being the space that we need to lean into and tap into and double down and triple down on because it's like that that's bigger than life itself. If that makes sense. But, but I mean, yeah, everything you like, the stories you shared, I appreciate you for sharing them. And like, you know, I haven't necessarily had the same kinds of experiences with, I guess, supernatural, like whatever you want to call it, but like things beyond kind of the day-to-day reality. Like I haven't had the same kinds of experiences as you just described, but I've had my own experiences, you know, that were Mm -hmm. very unique to me and my, and my way of, seeing and experience in the world mm-hmm. uh, and it's like in the same way it's like i hope y'all don't think i'm crazy when i tell you this because like it happened it happened like that for me yeah mm-hmm. wow dreams it comes through dreams and everything i mean there was a an article that just came out about like page 25 of cia's gateway report on astral projection like these aren't like you even have like billions of dollars that are going towards research like this to be able to understand deeper than the five senses that we've all categorized so no, yes. it's definitely not it's, it's not, I, w- I wouldn't say that it's crazy or weird. It's just not what we're used to, you know what I mean? On a day-to-day basis, unless you actually know what to look for and what to actually feel. Yes. Yeah. It brings back yes. the conditioning thing. To me, it's like, it's like they're going to do certain studies with like Western theory that are going to quote unquote prove things that Eastern cultures in certain cases have known for, you know, thousands, thousands of years. Of years. Like, yep. So it's just like, yeah, but it's just like we, again, we come up in, in a world that's like, this is what normal is, or like, this is what makes sense. or like, this is the definition of kind of what you're going to experience as you grow older. And you start to experience life and grow old and you're like, nah, but what I'm experiencing doesn't fit within the definitions that you're giving me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To go with that, there are some moments where <laughs> I feel like I'm dead. <laughs> and, the re- and I say that not to be morbid, but I Physically or spiritually or mentally? Because I feel like there's also three different ways in which you can categorize that. Okay, you're right. There are. So I should elaborate. I feel like I'm dead in the sense that we're all dead and we're all catching up to our death in a sense. Like we're all in the retrograde. And in a weird sense, because there are moments where I, beyond explain, being able to explain, generally feel like I'm dreaming. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm in dreams that I've had, the feeling that I have. I look around and I always tell my friends when this happens. I'm like, I this is a dream. Like, I'm like, I, you've been there before. I got, you felt it. I not even, it's not even, I've been here before. It's like, I get confused sometimes. I'm literally, I literally get confused. And I'm like, I know I'm not dreaming, but like the feeling is more than me being like, I feel like this. I, I, I am here. Like I crossed over into a dream state for a second and I come back and I'm like, and I just look and I'm just silent. And I just look at my friends and I'm just present. Like, wow. Like, are we all, and it brings me back to what I think, not back, but it brings me to what I think the purpose of life is sometimes. Sometimes I think the purpose of life is for us to, to learn a lesson. And we're, if we don't learn it, we're just going to be born again until we learn it. And I've actively have been writing down my flaws and the things that I genuinely know that I need to work towards and, and the sins that I carry and the desires that I carry that I know aren't that good. And I still actively do them because I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And I'm doing what I what I want to. But at the same time, I there's that calling that I'm like, you know, I probably shouldn't do it. It's not benefiting my whole self. And I feel like if I continue to make these actions, I'm just going to die and live again because I didn't get it. And I feel and I, sometimes I, I almost feel like no new souls are born. I feel like all souls are being recycled on Earth sometimes. And that is I say that to account for my feeling when I meet people that I met before 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's because we've all already been here before. We're just re- being recycled because we all aren't learning our damn lessons. So we all just keep jumping back into bodies, talking about some, oh, have I met you before? Like, oh, I like your vibes. <laughs> and it's like, because, yeah. like, I feel like we all have been here. But the thing, it's like, that also makes sense too, because that's why it's like, even when, as we're growing up, we hear, <clears throat> you got to just figure it. Like, there's just certain terminologies that we always hear. You know what I mean? Like, you got to just figure it out. When it feels right, it's right. Or even the element like knowing the fact that certain lessons happen to show up if you don't get it, you know, whether it's like with different people in, in the similar situation or uh, similar work environments in which you didn't learn your lesson from before. I completely agree. A lot of it has to do with like learning a lesson. And I think that if we're thinking about it from a point of we're all quote unquote dead or dying getting back to that absolute is the culmination of all of that to get to that next plane. You feel me? Mm, it is. Y'all, I, I wish that I can remember. I mean, <laughs> A, I wish that I can remember me being born. Like, I wonder why we can't remember that because I have memories going back to two. So I just, sometimes I wish I can take a drug or meditate in a way that takes me back to my earliest memories. But I also wish that I, that I can retain what it feels like to transition. I want to know. So your oldest memory is two years old? Yes. And the only reason why I say two years old, though, is because it's crazy. Going back to me seeing stuff, my mom and I saw a ghost together. And um, when we talk about it, I, the way I'm able to describe it, she's always so shocked. She's like, goodness, like you were only two when that happened. And I'm like, wait, I was, that was, like, I was two. And I think it's crazy because then I'm, I envision myself laying in the bed in my two-year-old body, looking through the eyes that I still have now, seeing that, go- that ghost fly by us. And then I imagine what my two-year-old body was like. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know I was two then. Like, because I'm looking at what I saw with the same eyes that I have today. Yeah, it's like you were just you. And now you're just you. Say that you stay a little. Don't say bye-bye.